Welcome to another episode celebrating Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month. Today, I am your host, Amy Board, and you're listening to The Bloodstream Podcast. We are here with three executive directors from our local regional chapter network. Rich Pazillo from the New England Hemophilia Association. Maureen Grace is with us from the Nebraska chapter of the National Hemophilia Foundation. And Sue Martin from Hemophilia of South Carolina. They're all here to share their thoughts on why local chapters are so vital to our community. So let's get to it. So tell me a little bit about the purpose of regional chapters. I have never met so many compassionate people do work um, and work extraordinarily long hours. They'll do what it takes to get the job done. Our stress level is probably as high as it can be just to meet the needs of our community. We rely on each other a lot. Um, It is a a very warm, friendly, easy way to talk to another person and say, I'm struggling here. What do you do, Rich? Or, hey, can you share that with me? Um, that support, I think, is uh, something I've never seen uh, anywhere else personally. And I think maybe a lot of us are affected by bleeding disorders. Rich, what makes uh, your chapter in particular unique um, in your space? Teko Wasu was saying the chapters have such a unique relationship and partnership. When I think about a team, my initial thought goes to each of the chapter leaders that are, are on today, those that are not on um, that may be listening and supporting each other, especially during these um, unusual uncharted times of trying to figure out. Sometimes I feel like we're the blind leading the blind, but I also know that we're the blind leading the blind together. Um, And we don't always have the answers, but we have the heart, we have the ears, we have the eyes, and we have the mission, which is first and foremost. Maureen, from your vantage point as the executive director in Nebraska, what what would you say is missing or some of the gaps in the bleeding disorders community that still remains to be addressed? For people who may have bleeding disorders and may not know it, um, for people to know who we are as an organization, who we serve, what we do, uh, like our internal structure is so strong and we're always there for each other. But I know that... Um, it's, it's harder for us to get outside of our really tight knit bleeding disorder bubble because we're so comfortable here. Um, and so I think that that is something I'm missing, um, in our community from like a chapter perspective of that, of really meaningful outreach, um, and awareness, um, and getting people to know who we are, why we're important, why the, why, um, advocating for bleeding disorders is more than just, you know, a tiny group of people. We need to work and expand our reach to those who, who don't know who we are, um, and may need us and don't know that we exist for them. I'd like to piggyback on that or what you just said, because, um, when I was reading, thinking about this question, we need corporate support we need outside corporate support it's not just for us it's for all the other rare diseases so i wish there was a way that we can get them to understand that by supporting us by providing donations supporting the work that we do allowing us when we're so well organized to expand our reach with additional staff or whatever the things we can do for the other groups of people and we're watching for for our community but we're watching for the bigger global community of healthcare, working with our insurance companies and and all that kind of stuff that i don't think that we get that 
I don't want to call it credit, but we don't get that support from people to understand that we can be a great resource for you. Rich, as an executive director, what keeps you up at night? I I would say that it's making sure that patients have not just access to their treatment, but access to the community. And what I mean by that is there are so many obstacles that are put into place um, and so many continued issues that I think sometimes the community, our community, locally and nationally, um, struggles uh, as to where to find their place. Um, I think if you take the different demographics of new families to teenagers, to adult men, to those that maybe are considering um, potential long-term treatments like gene therapy, there are a slew of issues that continue to come up. Maureen, do you have anything to add? What keeps you up at night? everything that Rich said, but also making sure that we're being purposeful and meaningful in our programming and our education and our outreach. And so I think that is the trickiest part is like making sure we've got meaningful um, and purposeful connections. Last question, but what is it actually like being an executive director of a bleeding disorder chapter? I can, I'll start with that because I'm, I, I'll probably cry because I have, I have many things in my life that I'm grateful for, but I will tell you this falling into this position serving this community has been, it's probably the second best thing that's ever happened in my life um, outside of my personal family. Um, being able to do this job and do it with the passion and just meeting the needs of those people. And that, I think for me, that is the the biggest thing is to know that we did a job and we made a difference in someone's life. A couple of years ago, I got to watch 65-year-old men learning how to infuse for the first time. I, I can see little kids and moms advocating for themselves where they may not have had the, the confidence to do so before. It's powerful and it's amazing. I don't think I'd find this community, something this strong anywhere else. It's hard, but it's a lot of fun. I think it's more fun than it is hard. Rich, close us out. What has your experience been as an executive director? Rewarding. Uh, there are jobs and then there's missions. Uh, and I believe with my whole heart looking at Sue and Maureen and thinking about other executive directors, when you believe in something bigger than who you are, you will put forth more than the 40 hours a week. At the end of the day, as Maureen and Sue said, it's about those new families. You know, we had an email this morning of a new family from Connecticut who reached out and I think they're scared, they're worried. They found us online and it's now their time to connect. And it may not be everyone's time, but we need to be here for those, for the advocacy efforts, for the education and for that support, especially during COVID um, with the emergency assistance is even more than ever uh, coming to chapters like South Carolina and Nebraska as resources to help provide assistance with rent and gas bills, et cetera. So um, I, I would say that rewarding is the answer that I would have as I think back over the past five years, um, helping helping to lead Miha. Thank you for all of your service. It's um, incredibly important and the work that you do is um, a bit immeasurable. So I, I thank you so much. So um, communities, if you wanna check out your local chapter or um, donate and give back to your local chapter, we would appreciate that. Thank you, Sue, Rich, and Maureen. Um, hope to see you soon. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it. 
Thank you to Rich, Sue, and Maureen for being with us, the Bloodstream team for your work on this series, and thank you all for listening. And thanks to Kata for being the presenting sponsor of the Bloodstream podcast. Hey, check out bleedingdisorders.com to learn more. And that is all for this episode. Circle back to hear all the episodes celebrating Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month and find Bloodstream Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the program notes for this episode in your podcast player or on bloodstreammedia.com, where you'll find links and information related to the stories and segments featured on this episode. I've been your host, Amy Board, and I can't wait to see you again. Bye-bye.